0: Welcome to Sewickley Academy's Alumni Conversations, hosted by Kate Long. Each episode, Kate chats with alumni to learn more about how they're doing after graduating from Swickley Academy. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to our next series of our Alumni Conversations podcast. I am really excited to welcome my colleague and friend, uh, Derek Chimner, class of 2004, who is currently serving as our Interim Director of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. So welcome, Derek.
1: Well, thank you, Kate. It's very great to be here and have a chance to kind of talk about my experience at Swickley
0: um, This is a, you know, a, a unique podcast for us today because not only is Derek an alum, he also has worked here for quite a while. So we're excited to hear about your experiences um, as both a student and as someone who has um, worked
1: on this campus for, for how many years? Oh, well, uh, worked on the campus for about 11 years between teaching and coaching now, but now we're dating me back to go to fourth grade, Mrs. Smith's class, 1995, I believe, um, the 95, 96 year, or maybe it was the 94, 95. I can't remember exactly, but that was my uh, that was my first years on campus. So it's been almost, almost a total of 30 years involved with swiftly in some form or fashion
0: that's incredible yeah that's why we were excited to have you today yeah um so just can you tell us a little bit about your professional path and the decision to come back to work at swiftly
1: yeah sure so after i graduated in 2004 um i went to a a liberal arts school called elon university down north carolina loved my time down there it was beautiful weather all the time and really great school um when I graduated from Elon, I graduated with an exercise sports medicine degree with a minor in broadcast communications with a idea of going into working at like an ESPN or something and being their, um, uh, I don't know, field reporter for anything sports medicine. And because it was just a burgeoning field. So it was something new that was coming up and I was kind of excited about it. Well, after doing some more digging my late into my junior year and into my senior year, realizing like the amount of schooling that would I have to go through and um, all the other uh, aspects of exercise sports science that I wasn't really tapped into at that time. I realized, you know what, let me take some time. Let me really see what I want to do. Um, it was during this time. So my junior year at Elon, i had started volunteering at the Boys and Girls Club of Burlington. And uh, I was working with them just coming over and just being a friendly face and helping with the kids and whatever they needed. And I started coaching with basketball there and mind you, they're 10, 11 year old kids. So you had the, that time, I think I was like 2021 and coming in just a a kid myself almost, but just really being a positive role model for these kids, uh, for the boys and girls club. So then my senior year, Um, I enjoyed the intramural seasons, of course, at Elon, like any college and I broke, trying to think, I think I broke a rib, broke a couple bones in college, but I think I broke a rib and I couldn't play for, um, my, my team, my emerald team. So always being in college, always like the gags of the, the, um, students coming into a space wearing shirt and tie when it's completely unnecessary. So I did that for our intramural team to like, quote, unquote, be their coach. And sub basically just sub people in and out. Well, I actually enjoyed it. And um, that between the Boys and Girls Club and that experience with intramurals, I leave college and I don't really know what I want to do. I have no idea where I'm going to go. I don't know. I went out to East Carolina to look at their Um, physician assistant program to see if that's where I wanted to go and was just kind of unsure. So I moved back home, back to Pittsburgh. And while I was trying to figure out what to do next, I talked, I rung up Coach Palmer, who was my coach for um, for for my years here and said, hey, I know you have a good team. This was in 2009. I know you have a good team. uh, So if you need any help, With uh, the season, I can come in for like a practice or two a week. You just tell me what you need. So I did that for the first year. Then that expanded to actually working with the seventh grade uh, basketball team at Swickley the following year, the 2009-10 year, while also helping with the varsity. And then it was just like a set of dominoes all the way down. When I was getting into this coaching piece, I never thought that I'd be working in education and that wasn't like my necessarily end goal, but because of how things laid out with going from seventh grade basketball to then coaching the freshman team to then coaching with the uh, JV varsity full-time and then being asked to be a part of the cross country team and track teams as assistant coach because my background was sports medicine, sports science. And then being asked to be a uh, substitute for the PE uh, department, and then being asked to be a long-term sub for the health and PE department, then finally getting hired in two thousand fourteen, I believe, as a full-time member of the health PE department. That uh, it was just a set of dominoes that just kept going, kept uh, knocking over, and then when I was approached this year about the interim. Uh, position for the director of diversity equity inclusion I'm not gonna lie I was a little hesitant because it was a challenge that I haven't really it wasn't my background I don't really know too much about it but um, thankfully Dr. Burtwell had some confidence in me to do this position and I had confidence in myself of learning this position so uh, made sure to go and get the necessary education that I needed through workshops and um, talking to fellow peers and uh, people in the industry to really be ready for, for um, doing this job.
0: That's great. Yeah. I knew some of that story. I didn't realize that's how you ended up in the PE department here. So okay.
1: yeah, it was, it was um, when Miss Yost, when she was out on her uh, Navy assignments. So she'd be gone for three, four weeks at a time down in DC because she had to. She was still um, partially in partial service, so I would step in for her during that time to like take over her PE classes, and then um, I took over for Mr. Bauman once he left to go work at uh, Geneva College. That was my like long-term sub moment.
0: That's great. Um, I know you know a lot of our alumni base is curious to hear more about the work that you did this year um, as our interim DEI director. Sure. So- I mean, I've worked closely with you, but it would be great if you could sort of explain some of the work you've done with students and faculty and some of the projects um, over, the path, over the course of this past school year.
1: Sure. So like with the, the first stuff that we did together, uh, we worked on the day of service, which is a day in April that all the entire school um, takes a pause from classes and goes and does some sort of service to the community. Thanks to COVID, of course, Kate, you did a wonderful job of organizing that and trying to figure out different projects and things that we could do on campus uh, or locally that didn't require uh, busing or large numbers because people weren't accepting that. So that was that was a great uh, great uh, project that we did together. But specifically to um, DEI, we my so I have a task force uh, made up of for five other individuals, uh, faculty members on campus, one student representative, one parent representative. And uh, we planned quite a bit of things throughout the school year. So in our lower school, um, worked with the kids in uh, different assemblies and um, making sure to work with the librarian, uh, Misty McKelly, to have inclusive and representative books that kids can check out and read and kind of see themselves in. Um, for our middle school, we did some workshops and um, presentations about inclusion and uh, how to really like have conversations with each other and how to understand each other's differences and how to embrace those differences. So that was a really fun. end. I think it seems to be from talking with Dr. Mahal and the head of the middle school, uh, rewarding moment for the middle school this year. She said that this is one of the first years that she hasn't had as many issues come up to her desk. like kids are starting to solve problems themselves and think critically themselves. Um, then in our high school, in the senior school, our students were awesome. Like they, they were really good about knowing what is needed um, specifically with our senior, our student diversity leadership club, SDLC, they, they were on top of what is needed in our community as it pertains to diversity and inclusion work. So, um, they did presentations such as an event we called Middle Ground, where a topic would be addressed. So the very first one we did was about representation in the media. Um, And they would pose four or five different questions. You'd have an outer circle of people. When you start with an outer circle, people would listen, kind of hear the questions, hear the the, um, follow-up questions to it. And then if you um, wanted to participate in the discussion, you would go to the inside of the circle. And then that's where you would talk amongst yourselves while the outer circle, if people were still out there, would kind of, would just listen to the conversation. So that was really interesting to hear our students' thoughts and views on things. Then um, I would say that the culminating piece for our students this year would be our LEAD conference, uh, Learning for Equity, Acceptance and Diversity. And that conference had a, had a number of workshops where students could learn about something that they would not normally hear in the classroom. So for example, Um, We had workshops on, and the theme of LEAD was liberation. So we had workshops on uh, queer liberation through fashion or on um, Black girls' experience at a private school. Um, We also had artificial intelligence and how that could um, lean into the diversity um, angle. What else do we have? Uh, Juneteenth, cost of climate change. Um, environmental sustainability. So there was a whole bunch of different projects, all student initiated, student led. Um, they were, they did a really nice job, fabulous job with that. And then on top of that, you had a speaker come in who I heard resonated a ton with our middle school and senior school students. Mm -hmm. I even had him (laughs) keeping our, our panel discussion with our writers a little bit, start a little bit later than it should have, because he was still talking with senior school students. Um, in the in the high school, so that was really cool to see um, happen this year. Yeah,
0: that was a great event, and it's I I always really enjoy the lead conference probably more than anything on campus just because it just really shows our students um, just how incredible they are. And
1: yeah, so, that yeah, They they the taking over this job in the interim role. That's one of the things that I was unsure of. Of where am I going to go with this? What am I going to do? The students. Who had been doing diversity work for the four years that they were, or three years that they were in the high school, plus the years that they were in middle school. They were ready to go. They knew exactly where what they wanted to do. I just came in to fill in some gaps and kind of help lead them in uh, in some of the planning of these events. But a lot of that was initiated by our students.
0: Yeah, sure. Um, so shifting gears a little bit from talking about you at, as an employee here and your the different roles you've had, I'd I'd love for you to share some of your experiences as a student um, and just some favorite memories, favorite teachers. Um, I know you have have a lot. So
1: yeah, um, so mm, favorite memory. So I I was I kind of straddled two two realms, I guess at uh, at Swickly when I was here. I played sports. My number one sport was basketball. Um, I was a part of the team that made it to the state finals. Um, however, we lost. Darn. Uh, <laughs> but so that there was a lot of memories throughout that run. Um, the game didn't go our way, of course, but the, the lead up to that and Rattling off, I think it was, by the end of it, we had 16 or 18 straight wins. And just like the feeling of winning a world championship and going through all those different uh, the practices and all that journey to get to that point was the true memory. Like, yes, I don't have that medal. This medal's from something different, but I don't have that medal, um, which still stings a little bit. But it, it was all those memories from my teammates that really, really still stuck with me. Um, but then on top of the athletics, I was also involved with our arts department pretty heavily. Um, I was a member of chorus. And then um, in our in my junior and senior year, I was a member of the Chamber Singers, which was like exclusive members of the chorus saying that I had such a beautiful voice, which I still wonder about to this day. But I can get really low and bear to bass in my voice. Um, so I did chorus. I did... Um, Theater, or it's called at the time Song and Dance, now Theater Arts, with uh, Mr. Cerny and Dr. Ed. And um, one of the best memories I have of that is at the, the end product of that class was a cabaret show. And what that was, uh, that was where all the people in that class, plus anybody else who wanted to join, would do some sort of song dance for families. Um, in like the end of May or so. And I remember with Morgan Hawkins, the two of us did the song, A Whole New World from Aladdin.
0: Right.
1: (laughs) I I was Aladdin, she was Jasmine. And we, I mean, it was just the two of us standing up there kind of like singing at each other. And it was a little nerve wracking that it was even more nerve, like when we were practicing then it was even more nerve wracking being told by Mr. Cerny that we were gonna be the first, we were gonna start the show and I, I don't know if it's because he thought that like people would love that song or what he thought but he thought our performance was going to be great enough so I just found it for myself really interesting to be a part of both those worlds because a lot of people always think well you're in the art so you're gonna like that's your focus or you're in athletics that's your focus the best thing here at Swickly is that we were able to engage in those now having a foot in both kind of left some things on the table so uh, what i what i mean by that is because of my commitments with basketball i could only do um uh, ensemble work for our musicals excuse me so the one musical that i had that i wish that i could have done more was um oh uh dream girls and that was like the first time that they were allowing dream girls to happen in high schools because of the rights to the movie production or maybe it was the last time they were allowing it to happen and i really wanted to have a strong part in that but because of my commitment with basketball and the run in which that we were going on I couldn't but I still was able to participate still was able to be in that back and me and some of my good buddies had a great time with that.
0: Yeah that's something that I consistently hear from our alumni Um, one of their favorite things about Swickley Academy is being able to participate in many different things and you don't have to just do athletics or arts I mean that's that's something that people always point to is they remember and and love most about their time here. And as you know, our students continue to say that. So I I think something that has really remained a a common thread throughout the years here and that I think we still do really well.
1: Yeah. And like I, even now you could throw in the robotics piece because, and that's still, that's, that's more geared towards academics, but it's also kind of where the wave of education is going of, um, uh, STEM, engineering, uh, that's, that's something that I see some of my track athletes engaged in or cross-country athletes that they um, love their robotic competitions that last for, my goodness, Friday all the way through Sunday, 10-hour days. Right. But it, when I go through and see the, the spectacle, the joy that's going on at these, at these competitions, it's really cool to see.
0: Yeah.
1: Great. I did have, there was, there was another piece that you said in there that's popping with me about like favorite teachers.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't. So I had a number of teachers that I really, really liked. Um, Dr. Barnes was my advisor. I uh, love Dr. Barnes, Miss Sherry, um, who is now, who's still our middle school science teacher. She was always somebody that I could count on to um, uh, come back. And like when I was in high school, come back to the middle school sit in a room and just talk about things. Or, um, I was a boy scout. So if I needed her to buy some popcorn for me, she said, I would always be the first one. You just got to come see me. So, um, would always visit with her, but the person who I really admired the most as a teacher was, uh, Mr. Conley. He was our English teacher, um, at the time and I, being an exercise sports science major English was very far from what I was good at. Um, for years, <clears throat> I would get okay to average grades on my English papers and, um, and uh, just like final grades. But it wasn't until it was um, his class, I think it was Becoming American my junior year that he really opened up like why English and literature is really important and why it can be actually fun and enjoyable. So took that Becoming American class then from there, I made sure the at the time you only took two semesters of, we were on semesters. So you took two semesters of English as a senior and made sure both those semesters were with him. And my favorite class with him was sci-fi through literature. So I, I love like the, I'm loving the fact that we are in um, uh, Marvel phase and comic books are becoming like the new big thing to watch at the movies. That was my thing back in middle school, but
0: I do know that about you. Yes, <laughs> the Marvel obsession. Yes,
1: I do have a I do have a slight obsession uh, with uh, with everything Marvel. But he made books like Isaac Asimov and the movie Metropolis really interesting to to like engage in and not just see it as something to quickly read and just read it because I need to have my summer reading quota. He made it interesting to actually like discuss and break down and analyze. So yeah, shout out to Mr. Conley, if you're listening.
0: <laughs> so, um, you know, just again, thinking about your time here, how do you think Swigley Academy prepared you for your life, your career after you graduated?
1: Yeah. Um, so I will, I will think back to my junior year. I had, a, I had a friend come back from junior year of high school. Okay. I had a friend come back from college and I asked them about it and they said how so we really prepared them all this stuff and I, I just kind of threw it off as like a just a throwaway comment because middle junior year it was junior year is always your tough year because you're doing your SATs and game record college prep and all this so I'm, I, I'm telling like well I'm just getting hit with homework left and right I don't have time. Basketball is taking up this piece. The musicals are taking up this piece. Like, I don't have time to be doing all this. I I feel like I'm drowning right now in work. And the person said, no, don't believe me, you will be prepared. So come freshman year of college, I'm in, I think, like an 8 a.m., maybe a 9.15 English class. And once again, I just finished with Mr. Conley's classes the year before. And I remember the the teacher professor had given us a week to write a three page paper on and to analyze this specific uh, book. And when we got out of the class, my classmates were freaking out, saying, "How, how did they expect us to do this? That's so much work. We have to read the book, and we have to analyze it, and we have to write this paper." I'm like, "That's going to take like maybe like a day and a half. Like that's not that hard to do." Not thinking that that was a super academy education that prepared me for that. Right that it was all the work that we did and breaking down how to write essays and how to um, structure things out, that we really did a lot of that work here um, or the foundations of it. Then later on at Elon, um, I became part of the orientation team. So the orientation team was um, for that two days of, two or three days of freshman orientation, we would run it. Right. So we would be in charge, we'd have like a little group that a freshmen that we'd be in charge of and um go and kind of like show them what Elon or what Elon represents, who what Elon is, etc. So I was part of that my junior year, and then I decided to be part of the um forget the name of it, but like the senior council of the orientation leaders, like the leaders of the orientation leaders. And in, while I was in that, in that group, <clears throat> I found myself and one of my other friends being kind of like the de facto leaders of that. And I, I never really understood until years, years later, that like, foundations of leadership learned here at Swickley through basketball, through understanding um, uh, how to craft things and then give a presentation, all these uh, public speaking opportunities for, during like, Model UN and um, then being a peer mentor here at Swickley, um, All these different aspects that we were, I could see or I could find or be a part of helped to uh, mold that leadership quality in me. And I think that that's what really pushed me to go back to the beginning of our conversation. That was really pushed me into wanting to be a part of the Boys and Girls Club and wanting to go and do that silly coaching during intramurals what that turned into my uh, later on career, right. so those are I the, say the two things that for sure I left with um, from the academy. It's great,
0: yeah. And so you know, as a school, as employees here, as members of the community, you know, we always want to continue to grow and um, you know take on the challenges that we have. And I, I'm just curious, you know, you have, you have a really unique perspective as an alum. As, as someone who's worked here and, and interested to hear what areas you think that we could continue to grow and develop, um, you know, across the school.
1: Yeah. Um, I think it, especially in my role this year, it's really highlighted. This piece has really highlighted, and even though I've talked about it previously with, um, with other colleagues, I think it's important to highlight. When I was at school, when I started fourth grade, trying to think, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth, seventh, it wasn't until probably my ninth grade year with Mr. St. Amon that I had a teacher of color, that I had a, and, uh, at this point, black male teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that it's a challenge at private schools and other independent schools for hiring um, faculty of color, but I think that that's a, that is something that we need to excel at and we need to do better at. We have a very diverse school um, between, not just race, ethnicity, but between ableism, neurodiversity, um, uh, socioeconomically, like we have a number of students all over, making sure that our faculty match that and that our students, all of our students from pre-K to 12 can find that um, person in their, in their lives now, obviously in the senior school, it's a little bit more of a touch point because you have a little bit more agency, but it means something when you have, as a young fourth grade student, that you have someone that you can point at and be like, oh, this person at that age looks like me. Yeah. Oh, that person um, kind of sounds like where I grew up in. Like having that connection I think is important. And I think that we're moving, or I know that we're moving that direction or we want to be moving that direction, but I think we really need to be pushing for that. Um, So that's one. The second thing I would like to see us grow into is collaborating with other schools. So I do, excuse me, I do basketball coaching outside of Swim Academy and anytime um, I talk to families that I I know that they're smart students and say like, hey, you should take a look at Swift Academy or um, at an event and, or talking to friends even who have young kids. I'm like, you should think about Swift Academy. The, the pushback I always get is, oh, Swift Academy. I don't know if my kids can like really go there. So we have this great reputation of being this premier uh, academic school, which is fantastic. But I think that if we were to get partnerships with other schools, public schools around the area to kind of break down some of those walls of the the Swickley Academy. Um, I think that that would only help out our students to kind of have a relationship with people outside of just Swickley, but also help the students and other families in the area see that, hey, you know what? Swickley is a really great school that they have some really cool students. They have some really great programs going on why not try to be a part of that? Not saying like to bring kids to go to school here, but just at least get some partnerships with, um, I don't know, with, uh, for example, I know I can use this cause I know our students want to do it. Um, the black student unions around different uh, public schools. So our African-American cultural club, the new presidents want to try to form some of those partnerships with other schools around the area why not try to have some sort of like day like meeting day or I don't, I'm not sure what it could look like, but something where we bring those communities together that might not have thought to come together previously and really have some engaged conversation and um, uh, fellowship, friendship, find that.
0: That's a great idea.
1: It's, it's something that I think that a lot that in Today's society that we, because of like our access to information and our cell phones that, I, I mean, I walk through our school all the time and kids are just staring down at their phones, which I get, like you're scrolling through TikTok, Instagram, talking to friends through your phone. Why not have that face-to-face interaction with a student that you might not have seen before? It's kind of, to be honest, it's kind of like a mini college, a college setup of, I have no idea who you are, what your background is. Tell me about it. Talk to me let's make some, let's make some connections there. And that's the only way to do that is by going out to these different schools and trying to, trying to create those.
0: Hopefully, yeah. And hopefully they can get that going next year for sure.
1: Yeah. I'm not sure like exactly what it would look like, but I think that it would be something really, really important to, to try to build. I agree.
0: Well, Derek, um, thank you so much for this today. And um, just to sort of let everybody know what, um, I don't want to speak for you, but next year um, I know you will be taking on the role of the um the sorry
1: department, department chair. Thank yeah. <laughs> you, the department chair
0: of the um, PE and Health Department. So um, I know I can speak for everybody and, and giving you a huge thanks for all of your hard work this year and stepping into a difficult position. Um, yeah. And I just really appreciate you being on the podcast today and sharing your experiences as both a student and an alum.
1: Absolutely, I'm excited to be able to do that. And as I always tell everybody, I'm an open door. You ask me a question, I'll give you a very frank, honest answer Um, and I'm not shy to hide or not shy to like kind of not talk about my past because I think it's great to celebrate and celebrate where I've come from.
0: I totally agree. Well, thank you, Derek and Yeah. yeah, wish you all the best.
1: All right, thanks Kate. We hope you enjoyed that episode please
0: navigate to swickly.org slash alumni to hear more alumni conversations as they are released.